are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in on this Wednesday show for you. We are going to talk about two quarterbacks in the NFL that are both three years in, and you'd be surprised who's had a better career so far, arguably. Then we're going to take a look at all six of your playoff matchups in chronological order for this weekend, and I'll give you my early thoughts on each game. Not going to have my picks for you until Friday, but my midweek early thoughts heading into wildcard weekend, which is one of the best weekends in the history of NFL weekends. We'll get to all that momentarily. So if I were to tell you, hey, Trevor Lawrence or Mac Jones, who's had the better career thus far? Guessing 99% of you would say Trevor Lawrence. Well, there was a tweet that came out yesterday where you could still think Trevor Lawrence is better than Mac Jones. However, the numbers are a lot closer than you think. And in fact, in six categories, Mac Jones is better than Trevor Lawrence in four of them. So let's start here. One loss record. If I were to ask you, what's Trevor Lawrence's one loss record in his three years in the NFL? Number one pick in the draft. He's 20 and 30. Mac Jones is 18 and 24. So percentage-wise, that's better. Passer rating. Mac Jones, 85.8 passer rating. Trevor Lawrence, 85.0. Edge to Mac Jones. Passing touchdowns versus interceptions. Trevor Lawrence has 58 touchdowns and 39 interceptions. Mac Jones, 46 touchdowns, 12 less, 36 interceptions, 3 less. Edge to Trevor Lawrence in that. Completion percentage. Mac Jones, 66.1%. Trevor Lawrence, 63.8%. Edge Mac Jones. Passing yards per game. Trevor Lawrence, 235.4. Mac Jones, 212.3. Edge to Trevor Lawrence. And finally, yards per attempt. Mac Jones, 6.8. Trevor Lawrence, 6.7. Look, I understand that Trevor Lawrence just seems to have it when you look at him watching and playing in the games. The fact that he was the number one pick, he's got this all behind him. But we're three years in to the Trevor Lawrence experience in the NFL, and he's 10 games under 500. Are we sure that Trevor Lawrence is an elite NFL quarterback? Is he good? Yes. Is he great? No. Certainly, he's not elite. And the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to have a major decision to make after next year on whether or not to give him that max deal. Because we know that quarterbacks, on average, if you're going to sign that deal after your rookie deal is up, are going to be averaging 40 to $45 million a season. Do you want to tie that up into a guy who, through three years, is 10 games under 500 and ended this season 1-5? Now, granted, he didn't play all of those games, but he only missed one. But Trevor Lawrence, sitting there at 8-3 and three through 11 games, tied for the best record in the AFC, finishes 1-5 and five down the stretch, and he doesn't even get you to the playoffs. I think the book is still out on Trevor Lawrence, that's for sure. So let's look at the NFL matchups for Wild Card Weekend and give you my thoughts. Still in chronological order. So the first game, Saturday afternoon, 4.30 Eastern time, is the Cleveland Browns at the Houston Texans. 
In case you didn't know, Cleveland's already won in Houston this year by 14, 17 points, but that was a game that C.J. Stroud did not play in, and Cleveland carved them up. We gave you the statistic yesterday that first-time starters in the playoffs playing against somebody, a quarterback, who has playoff experience, first-time starters are 17-35-1 against the spread. Houston right now is a a two-and-a-half-point home underdog. And when you look at both of these teams, yes, they've already played this season. I think that that plays a role. But I also think that you can't really put much stock into a game when C.J. Stroud, who's going to be the Offensive Rookie of the Year, didn't even play. So I think you can almost throw that statistic out. However, the biggest thing in this game is if you compare the Cleveland Browns' defense on the road versus home, it's night and day. I mean, night and day. I think this could be a high-scoring affair because Cleveland's defense isn't great on the road and Houston gives up points. So take that in consideration. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick every game against the spread every week. And so the whole goal, I mentioned this yesterday, is to try and go 13-0. and Will I over the from now, wildcard weekend through the Super Bowl? Probably not. But that's the goal. Try and get every game right against the spread. I'll give you all my picks. Now, when I give you my picks on Friday, it's not going to be, you know, attached to my, you know, maybe I'll keep the record of it and be like, okay, you know, compare it when we do, when I do it next year. Be like, hey, last year, remember in the playoffs, I went, you know, seven and six against the spread or whatever. But I'll give you a, I'll give you a thought on every game and, and where I'm leaning towards, but I'm not going to give out any, like, these are the plays that I'm going to do. Because I don't really, as much as I love playoff football, I usually don't like betting on it. And it's just, it's so unpredictable. Game number two, Saturday night. And remember, I can't reiterate this enough because there are still people in my life and still people online who are literally just now learning that Saturday night's game is only on Peacock. Unless you live in Miami or Kansas City, they will show it locally on NBC. But if you live on outside of any of those cities, you have to have a subscription to Peacock to watch this game. Peacock also has the WWE, so maybe you already have it, like me. Peacock also has, I think, all your Friends episodes. So it's got stuff. It's got the Save by the Bell reboot. Two seasons of that, which I enjoyed thoroughly. I mean, who doesn't want Zach Morris as the governor of California? Yes, that's what Zach became after he left Bayside. Governor of California. Insert your Gavin Newsom joke here. So Miami is at Kansas City on Saturday night in the Peacock game. Right now, the weather in Kansas City is calling for a high of 14 a low of zero and a wind chill factor or wind of 10 to 20 miles an hour. That probably doesn't bode well for the Miami Dolphins. I think I saw a statistic that said Tua Tagovailoa has never played in a football game where the weather was under 30 degrees. So that's kind of a thing. I understand both teams have to deal with it, but Kansas City plays in Kansas City. They're used to it. How much of a factor that's going to play, it's 
you can't dismiss it, but I remember Miami played really well in Buffalo last year in the first round. That was without Tua. Everyone thought they were going to get routed, and they almost beat Buffalo. Now they have Tua. And Skylar Thompson did that. I don't know what Skylar's record was in temperatures under 30 degrees, but he kept him in the game against Buffalo last year in the wild card round. Why can't Tua do the same? I think this is just a fact of these are two teams basically not playing well at all. We know that Miami finished the season two and three. They were atop the AFC, leading the AFC East by three games. After through 12 games, they were nine and three. Buffalo was six and six. We know how that ended. Miami finished two and three. Buffalo went five and oh. Buffalo ends up winning the AFC East, moving Miami all the way down to the sixth seed. So Miami isn't playing well heading into the playoffs. And what's the biggest thing that Miami has? And the thing that they have shown all season long is speed. Do you run as fast when it's zero degrees outside? Probably not. So I think that negates their speed and it negates probably what they want to do offensively. On the flip side, we've talked about this all season long. The Kansas City Chiefs are not the Kansas City Chiefs of the last five years, and it's really not even close. So this doesn't mean this is going to automatically be some Kansas City blowout. This is a tough call, a really tough call. The first game on Sunday is Pittsburgh at Buffalo. Not surprising we find out T.J. Watt is out for the game with a grade two sprain of his MCL. And Buffalo, as we said, ended the season 5-0. and The line went from Buffalo minus 7 when it was first announced to once T.J. Watt was announced as out for the game, went to Buffalo minus 10. Is T.J. Watt really worth three points? Mike Tomlin, <laughs> literally one of the best coaches in NFL history as an underdog, is now getting double digits in a playoff game? Look, this is basically the same exact thing we were looking at last year in the first round. Miami Dolphins were getting double digits in Buffalo, and they covered. Yes, Pittsburgh has a ton of injuries. Mason Rudolph is making his first career NFL start against Josh Allen. But even though Buffalo won five in a row to end the season, finished 11-6, and six, got themselves the two seed, Josh Allen is still making the same mistakes in year six that he made in year one. I mean, how many times is this guy going to throw the ball up for grabs when he's being pressured? I I think this is a lot of points. A lot of points to be laying in a playoff game. Just throwing that out there. All right, the second game on Sunday, Green Bay at Dallas. The Packers, 7-3 and three to end the season, grab the seven seed. Jordan Love, I gave you this statistic yesterday, over his last eight games, 18 touchdowns, one interception. We all know the Dallas Cowboys this year. They feast off bad teams at home. For the first six games of the season, the Dallas Cowboys' home victories were this. Beat the New York Jets 30-10. to Beat the New England Patriots 38-3. Beat the Rams 43 to 20. Beat the Giants 49-17. Beat Washington 45-10. So that's one, two, three, four, five. 
right? One, two, three, four, five. Yes. Yes, five. Okay. So all those five blowouts. Now they were against crappy teams. Jets under 500, New England under 500. Rams weren't playing Ram football back when they beat them 43 to 20. Giants killed them twice, and then Washington stunk. Then in game six, they beat Seattle 41 35. It's the first game this year they didn't cover at home. Then they came back after a bye week or 10 days later and beat Philly by 20, 33 13. And then they ended with that Detroit game 20 to 19. We all remember that with the referees and declaring eligible, all that stuff. So you look at those point totals in all your home games 30, 38, 43, 49, 45, 41, 33, and then that last game 20. So we know how the Dallas Cowboys play at home. They've won 16 in a row at home. And if they beat the Packers, they get another home game, either against the Rams or the Lions. So it's all there for the Dallas Cowboys. (laughs) I mean, this is a team, like I said, not only have they not made it to a Super Bowl since their last Super Bowl appearance, 28 years since they've been to a Super Bowl, they haven't even gotten to an NFC Championship game in that time, meaning they have never won more than one game in the playoffs in 28 years. And now their third consecutive 12-5 and season, they've won 16 in a row at home. They're going to get at least one, if not two, home games. It's all there for them. And you just wonder, is the pressure going to be too much? We already know the statistic. First time rookie, uh, first time starter quarterbacks in the playoffs versus experienced quarterbacks in the playoffs. 17 35 and 1 against the spread. Jordan Love coming into the game, winners of seven of the last 10, 18 touchdowns, one interception. This is another one where you're just like, it's like Dallas is either going to win this game by three touchdowns or they're going to lose outright. It, it's That's kind of the way I look at it, you know? I just. You know, they have a better team. Should they put it this way? They should beat the Green Bay Packers. But I could point to other instances in the past where the Dallas Cowboys should have beaten their playoff opponent and they didn't. It's the best team that Dallas has had in years. And they've proven it that they are a tough out at home. Yes, Seattle played them close and Detroit played them close in their last two of their last three home games. But they've been a juggernaut at home. They just play different. Versus on the road. We know this. So how does Green Bay match up against them? Well, Green Bay doesn't have a great defense. So that's the one thing. If you're looking to bet Green Bay in this game, you have to take into consideration there is a possibility Dallas runs roughshod over that defense and wins the game by three or four touchdowns because they're that good at home offensively where things are just clicking. I mean, how many times did we see it? You're just watching a Cowboy game and like every time Dak Prescott drops back to pass, the second he plants his foot, he throws it, someone's wide open. You're just like, did the other team even practice? Did they look at film? So confusing. But the Green Bay Packers are coming in, playing good football, hot quarterback. Just never know. All the pressure is on Dallas. Not only because just 
the average fan knows they should probably win this game. The whole city thinks that they should win this game. They've really never had this position, even in the last 28 years. They're just the Dallas Cowboy fans are so they're they're confident in this team, but they also know the history. They've got a lot of history staring them in the face and also knowing what if this game is a three point game heading into the fourth quarter? How are they going to react when they haven't really played? You know, six of their eight home games this year were blowouts in the fourth quarter. They had two games that were close and they won them both. But I think this is the second best game of the weekend for sure. The best game of the weekend is what's happening on Sunday night in Detroit. And that's the Rams at the Lions. When I look at the Rams and the Lions, I mean, this has storylines galore written all over it. Number one, you've got Matthew Stafford returning to Detroit, where he played most of his career. And he he was the prodigal son of Detroit. Then on the other side, you've got Jared Goff, who after taking the Rams to the Super Bowl, two years later, the Rams said, we don't think you're good enough. We're trading you within the conference because we like Matthew Stafford better. So while everybody is talking about the Stafford angle in this game, and yeah, I get it. You should. It's a great storyline, you know. But Jared Goff's storyline is just as interesting because talk about a revenge factor. Sean McVay basically said, I think you stink. And if you've heard interviews with Jared Goff around that time, he had lost confidence in himself because he had taken to the Rams to the Super Bowl two years prior, and then they just gave up on him and traded him and said, we want somebody better. We want to get a vet in here. And Matthew Stafford at the time, it's not like he had this great postseason record. If I'm not mistaken, Matthew Stafford had never won a postseason game with the Lions. Maybe one. But he was one of those quarterbacks that put up great numbers but just was on a crappy team for so many years. And the Rams, look, to the Rams' credit, they guessed right. They got that guy in there, and he won him a Super Bowl. But the storyline about Stafford going back to Detroit is overshadowing the fact that Jared Goff took the Rams to the Super Bowl and then got passed up two years later. So he's got revenge on his mind. I think this is a very evenly matched game. Detroit plays well at home. However, Detroit's defense doesn't scare anybody. The Rams have Aaron Donald, but it's not like the Rams can't be scored upon either. I think this is another game that's just a shootout, and this could be a team that has the ball last is going to win. So best best game of the weekend by far. And finally, the Monday night game. Philly at Tampa Bay. I mean, shit. (laughs) Baker Mayfield is busted up. It's got a bad ankle. It's got a bad arm. NFC South was a terrible division. Tampa Bay wins it and goes to the playoffs because they beat the Carolina Panthers 9-0 in the final week of the season. We all know Philly struggles. (laughs) 10-1 atop the NFC, atop all of football. Best record in football through 11 weeks and then completely shit the bed for the last six weeks of the season going 1-5 and and getting blown out in three of those five games. Then we find out last week Jalen Hurts might be a little bit injured. His hand might be injured. A.J. Brown could be a little injured. His knee in that Giants loss. He went down 
walked off the field under his own power, but how healthy is he? What has happened to Philadelphia offensively and defensively? Defensively, we told you all season, this is one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Every major statistical category, they rank in the bottom third of the NFL. Points given up, yards given up, pass defense. They're terrible. Pressures. This team just doesn't get any sort of pass rush. And I, th- and I thought that that's what they were going to basically bank their whole defense on, getting all these guys from Georgia in the draft. Remember around draft time, we're like, holy shit. Philly just went to the Super Bowl, and they just drafted three more players that were on the best team in college football. And it look at what it turned out. It gave them nothing. I don't say nothing, but their defense isn't anything to write home about. Just such an ugly game next Monday night. I just, it's like, honestly, this is a coin flipper. Like, when I give you my pick for this game, it's not going to be worth a damn. Because <laughs> I might honestly just flip a coin. Because I have no idea where to lean in this. Philly's playing terrible. And yet they're playing against a terrible team. So, <laughs> your guess is going to be as good as mine on that one. Anyway, there's your breakdown for your wild card weekend coming up this weekend thank you all for listening i really appreciate it please follow me on apple podcasts also rate and review tell your friends about it as well if you're interested and like i said we've got some good things coming up uh this season and this year uh, on this podcast so stick with me and i'll be uh, updating you on that in the next couple weeks hopefully anyway thank you all for listening i really appreciate it and remember sports will always be the greatest reality show on television See you.